Hello listener, I want to welcome you once again to the Prevailing World Podcast with Emmanuel Adekunle. This is our ninth episode on this podcast series. Uh, in the last episode, I did a rundown of all the subjects we've considered so far. And in this episode, we shall be considering the subject, Practicing the Presence of God. Practicing the Presence of God. Before we go into this study, I'd like us to say a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you because you are a good God and thank you because you have anointed me to bless your people with spiritual understanding. I therefore receive understanding for everyone whose heart is open to receive God's word today. And I declare that I give voice to the written word of God. I declare that everyone is established in the grace of Jesus. And thank you because at the end of this, we all will be able to say that you have done exceeding abundantly above all we've asked or imagined according to your power that works in us now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, um, I'll just go straight into the study for today. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the presence of God has been defined and described by many in many ways. I'll say that again, that the presence of God has been defined and described by many in many ways. Praise the Lord. Now, some have said that the presence of God um, can be said to be God's holy temple. Okay, where God dwells, the presence of God is God's holy temple, where God dwells. Um, some have tried to describe the presence of God as an atmosphere. The presence of God like an atmosphere where the manifestation of God's glory can be seen. Okay, an atmosphere where we can find the manifestation of God's glory, God's power. Um, others have tried to define it or describe it as a place of encounter with divinity, as a place of encounter with the God kind, God's power, God's spirit and so on praise the lord however as a form of preamble i'd like us to check an experience that jacob had uh, and the things he said afterwards praise the lord now um in genesis chapter 28 genesis chapter 28 um if you commence reading from verse 10 we are going to see jacob's experience in the city of laws okay which he later named bethel um starting from verse 10 um genesis 28 from verse 10 And Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran and alighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now verse 12. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. So um, he saw a ladder in his dream. He saw a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached the heaven. And he saw angels descending and ascending on it. Praise the Lord. Now verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee. Will I give it unto thy seed? Alright, now let's go to verse 15 because of time. Praise the Lord. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again to this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Praise the Lord. Now look at verse 16 and verse 17. Praise the Lord. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Verse 17. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other 
but the house of God. Look at what he called the house of God. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, Jacob actually called the place he had seen angels the house of God. And he called that place the gate of heaven. Why? Because of his encounter at the city of Los. Okay. We will see that in verse 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Los at the first. So that city was actually lost, but because of his encounter in that place, seeing angels and having that encounter, he called the name of that place Bethel. And Bethel actually means house of God, and he called it a gate of heaven, gate of heaven, somewhat like an opening to the spiritual, okay? The gate of heaven, uh, an opening to a spiritual realm, an opening to a divine realm. Hallelujah. Now, I like us also to examine what the psalmist says about the presence of God. We have seen Jacob's encounter and what emanated after his encounter. He called the place the house of God. He said, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. Hallelujah. However, the psalmist also says something striking about the presence of God. Psalms chapter 139 verse 7. Psalms 139 We'll commence reading from verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Now, if you read that carefully, the psalmist actually equates the spirit of God and the presence of God. He says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Now, verse 8. If I ascend into the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Verse 9. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from me. Wow. But the night shineth as day. He's saying the night shineth as day before the Lord because God is there. So he's saying the darkness cannot actually hide him from God because the night is just as day before the Lord. So let's read verse 12 again. Yeah, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So now, the psalmist actually presents to us that wherever the Spirit of God is, there the presence of God is. If you read from verse 7, we will see that again. It says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? So, he presents to us that the Spirit of God determines the presence of God in a place. The Spirit of God determines the presence of God in a place. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. We'll read from verse 1 to 3 uh, to corroborate that fact. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... 
let there be light and there was light look at verse 2 again and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters hallelujah so the spirit of god in creation was the evidence of god's presence the spirit of god in creation was the evidence of god's presence in creation praise the lord hallelujah now jesus also having a conversation with the woman of samaria at the well of jacob described god as spirit he said god is a spirit so that means that the spirit of god is god's presence the spirit of god is god's presence praise the lord now i like to say this that as much as the men of old had countless encounters with god at different points in time god was also presented to dwell in temples made with hands praise the lord now the men of old actually had countless of encounters we see it scattered around scriptures um the parting of the red sea mighty demonstration of god's power amongst them the presence of god so strong in their midst however we see scattered around scriptures too that god was presented to dwell in temples temples made with hands houses made with hands praise the lord we'll see scattered around scriptures scattered around the old writings that the temple was actually revered as god's holy place that means they revered the temple as a place god has chosen to reveal his power and his glory we will see that scattered around the old writings but then i like us to just check um, the dedication of solomon's temple the dedication of solomon's temple and we will see such reverence placed upon temples made with hands praise the lord second chronicles chapter 6 is going to be a long reading kind of but we are going to read it in parts praise the lord now second chronicles chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 then said solomon the lord had said that he will dwell in the thick darkness but i have built an house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever so what was solomon trying to say he built a house for god he built a place of dwelling for the lord hallelujah now let's move to verse 7 now it was in the heart of david my father to build a house for the name of the lord god of israel but the lord said to david my father for as much as it was in thine heart to build an house for my name thou didst well in that it was in thine heart notwithstanding thou shalt not build the house but thy son pay attention to this thou shalt not build the house but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins shall build the house for my name now this was actually god speaking prophetically about a son to come praise the lord now let's go to verse 10 the lord therefore hath performed this word that he has spoken for i am risen up in the room of david my father <laughs> and i'm set on the throne of israel as the lord promised and i've built the house for the name of the lord god of israel verse 11 and in it have i put the ark wherein is the covenant of the lord that he made with the children of israel so um what solomon was saying was that david his father actually desired to build god a temple desired to build god a house to host god's presence hallelujah but then he said that david actually desired to build god a house but god said oh yes it's good you desire to build me a house but a son from your loins a son which will come from your house is going to build me a house so solomon then says further that oh glory to god i am risen in the room of my father 
father, David, and have built the Lord a house. Praise the Lord. So Solomon is saying, oh, my father desired to build a house, but now I am the son who came in his stead to build that house. But now let's go to verse 19. And we will see such reverence he had for the temple. Now look at verse 19. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant. And to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayed before thee. Now, verse 20, that thine eyes may be opened upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayed towards this place. So he's saying that, Lord, Pay attention to this temple and hacking onto the prayer made towards this place. So anytime people pray facing this temple or toward this temple, ensure to hacking onto their prayer. Look at 21. Hacking therefore unto the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make towards this place. So every time they pray toward this place, hacking onto their prayers. Hear thou from thy dwelling place. Even from heaven, you see now, <laughs> praise the Lord. So we see Solomon even speaking as though knowing that God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Hallelujah. You look at what he said. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou hearest, forgive. Hallelujah. So Solomon built a house for God. However, we will see in the epistles and also in the prophecy of Isaiah that God never delighted to dwell in houses made with hands. God has never delighted to dwell in houses made with hands. God's delight will be somewhere else. Praise the Lord. Now, Isaiah chapter 66. Let's examine Isaiah's prophecy. It's actually a gentle study. I like us to follow progressively. Now, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest? So God is asking, where is the house you have built for me? Where will I rest? Where will I delight in? And then look at verse 2. For all those things hath my hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. So God is saying that for all those things hath my hand made. God is saying my hand made the heavens. My hand made the earth. But where will I rest? So it means that God was saying I do not delight to dwell in heaven. He says my hand has made it. Okay. But he said to this man verse 2. But to this man will I look. To this man will I look. Now pay attention. Now Stephen the deacon said something profound. In the book of Acts, which actually preceded his killing. Now, Acts chapter 7, we are going to see something. Acts chapter 7, actually he spoke against the temple, the holy temple of the Jews. And then they were angered, which led to him being stoned till his death. Acts chapter 7, verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make according to the fashion that he had seen. Verse 45. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession 
of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Verse 46. Who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. Verse 47. But Solomon built him an house. Remember where we are coming from? But Solomon built him an house. But look at verse 48. How be it? The Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Wow. As yet the prophet. What prophet? Isaiah. He says, How be it? The Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. As yet the prophet. 49. Heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? Seeth the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? Verse 50. Hath not my hand made all these things? Praise the Lord. So we see Stephen speaking profoundly about the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. And also speaking of the temple built by Solomon. But then he said God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Let's also check Acts 17. Just to corroborate that. Acts 17 verse 24. God that made the world and all things daring, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. That's coming again. God dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So if we go back to Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2, the Bible says, God says, to this man will I look. He says, Perhaps I built all these things, but I will look to this man who is of a contrite heart. I will look to this man who is of a contrite spirit. So it means that God actually delights in the man. God delights to dwell in the man. God has chosen that his place of rest, his place of delight will be in the man. Hallelujah. So who was the son God actually spoke about that will build him a house? You know, Solomon actually said in 2 Chronicles, we read, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, David wanted to build him a house, but God said, oh, that's good. But your son, who will come from your loins, will actually build that house. Now, Solomon now proceeded to say, I who come from the room of David, who come from the loins of David, who is David's son, had built God a house. But no, Solomon was not the one to build God's house. God actually desired that one who will come from the root of David will actually build him a house. And that person is Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now let us check Mark chapter 14, verse 57. This actually happened at the point where Christ was about to be sentenced to be crucified. Mark chapter 14, Mark 14, 57. And there arose Satan, and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Praise the Lord. But neither so did their witness agree together. Now verse 60, and the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which this witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Can you see that? Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power 
and coming in the clouds of heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, let's just pay attention to um, the witness that was testified against him. Actually, many times in the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus spoke about how that he will die and on the third day he will rise up from the dead. How that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Actually, the gates of hell there was referring to the gates of death in context. So Jesus was saying, I will die and on the third day I will rise up from the dead. I will build my church and the gates of death shall not prevail against it. Meaning, I will die but on the third day I will rise up again. Death will not hold me down and all of that. And also, that will introduce a new order where God will now dwell in men. Where God will now dwell in the man that he delights to dwell in. Praise the Lord. So we see Jesus saying in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 6. It reads, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now this was Jesus responding to Thomas and saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me that means that the only way men can actually come to god the only way men can have fellowship and communion with god will be by him by him will actually be implicative of his work in redemption of his work on the cross his death burial and resurrection so upon his death burial and resurrection men can now come unto the father said no one can come no one cometh unto the father but by me by what i will do in the work of redemption in my death burial and resurrection for you men will now have access to the father however jesus did not just pave the way for us to come to the father he paved the way for God to also dwell in us. Jesus did not just pave the way for us to come to the Father. He paved the way for God to dwell in us. Hallelujah. Let's move to verse 16. We'll see this in a moment. Glory to God. John chapter 14 verse 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may dwell with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you. Wow. He's saying, the Father will send unto you the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but then he dwelleth with you, and shall be in, and shall be in you. And shall be in you. Glory to God. So he's saying the father will send unto you the spirit of truth. And when the spirit of truth come. The spirit of truth will now be in you. Praise the Lord. Let us read verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him. If a man love me. He will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him. And make our abode with him. Hallelujah. So he's saying when the spirit of truth comes. It is the same as me and the father. Coming to make our abode with him. So when we receive the spirit of truth. Which we see in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Having received the word of truth. The gospel of our salvation. We were sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. So then we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. That we are the temple 
of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6.16 The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the living God. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 also tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the man in Christ is now the temple of the Holy Ghost today. The man in Christ has come into oneness with the Father. The Father now dwells in the man in Christ and has chosen to make the man in Christ his abode forever. Not for a moment, but forever. Hallelujah. So the man in Christ is the temple of the living God. The man in Christ is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The man in Christ is the carrier of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Now, how then do we practice the presence of God? How do we practice the presence of God? We've learned so far that God delights to dwell in the man in Christ by his spirit. So upon believing the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, we were all sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So practicing the presence of God will now take consciousness. It means we must fall in love with the things that awaken our consciousness to God's spirit with us and in us. So we must be conscious that God's spirit is with us. God's presence is with us and not just with us, but in us. So whenever the man in Christ stands, he is standing as the presence of God. Why? All of God now dwells in his body. So the man in Christ is the depot of the Holy Ghost. He is the temple of God and the carrier of the presence of God. So whenever he shows up, it is the same as God's presence showing up in that place. Whenever he goes, it's the same as God's presence going to that place. So we don't need to wait for a special manifestation to actually know that God's presence in a place. When the believer shows up, God's presence is in that place. Hallelujah. When the man in Christ shows up, he's a carrier of God's presence and can manifest the presence of God anywhere. So God has no special places. God can manifest anywhere and everywhere through the man in Christ because he bears his spirit. Hallelujah. So how do we come to practicing the presence of God? How do we come to practicing the presence of God? I've said so much already in this study, but then I'm just going to speak as I'm inspired of God because I cannot actually tell that there is a one step or two step or three steps to practicing the presence of God. But then I'm going to speak as I'm inspired. Number one, be giving to the word of God. If you want to practice the presence of God, then you must be giving to the word of God. You must be given to the word of God in reading it. When you read the word, you become acquainted with the voice of God. You will be able to easily recognize the voice of God. Now, beyond reading it, you need to study it. You need to meditate. When you meditate, you have revelation of God's word. Meditation will bring revelation. Meditation will bring understanding. In meditation, it means you are thinking through. You are thinking deeply upon God's word and then you have your mind illuminated you have your heart illuminated now read the word of God study the word of God meditate think deeply on God's word listen to the word being taught there are certain things you may never know until you are taught you must listen to men give yourself to men who teach the word of God rightly brother Hagin said something and I'll just paraphrase he says there are certain moves of the spirit that we may lose in a generation if we don't come to teach them in precept 
precepts and example. If you don't come to teach them in precepts and example, we are going to lose those moves of the spirit because we do not pass it on to the next generation. So we must have men who teach us the word of God, have men who practice these things, watch them, observe them, be given to the practice of God's word. Hallelujah. We must confess God's word. We must act on it. We must act on the word of God. Now, let me say this. The word of God says we should rejoice. The word of God says we should preach the gospel. The word of God says we should love people. The word of God says we should convert spiritual gifts. The word of God says we should demonstrate these gifts. So everywhere we are, when we read God's word, we study it, we meditate, we listen to it, we have it confessed. We should also act on these things. We should act on the word of God. And then last point on being given to the word of God, you must rejoice in it. You must rejoice at God's word. Whether you are in a time of despair, whether you are demoralized, you must let the word of God have its first place. Let God's word have its first place. So you must choose faith above the senses. You rejoice always as one who has found great spoil. Hallelujah. You rejoice on God's word. You let God's word find expression in you by you rejoicing at all times. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now the second thought, the second flow I'm going to be sharing on how to practice the presence of God is that cultivate an atmosphere that keeps you conscious of the Spirit's presence. Cultivate an atmosphere that keeps you conscious of the spirit presence. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord Jesus. You must cultivate this atmosphere. You must be intentional about it. Intentional about prayer. And particularly praying long in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the spirit. Intentional about spiritual songs. Praying in tongues. Giving expression to utterance. You know, when you give yourself to utterance by the Holy Ghost, there is so much you are letting out of your spirit. Than your mind can fathom. Hallelujah. So when you pray long in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Give tongues and interpretation. You are practicing God's presence. You are making your mind aware. Of God's spirit. God's deposit on your inside. Hallelujah. And then you give time to spiritual songs. Just listening. Just listening to spiritual songs. Separate time. Just singing in the spirit. Sing spiritual songs. Making melodies in your heart unto God. Have God's word sung on your lips. Give expression to it. Make melodies with it. Sing it. Meditate. Let the word of God becloud your thinking. Let the word of God consume you. And you can do that by just singing in spirit. Give your heart to spiritual song. Listen to it. Have it sung on your lips. Over and over. Sometimes on your way out to work. In your bedroom. In your toilet. You're just making yourself conscious of God's spirit. And then sooner you become aware in the atmosphere. The glory of God just comes over you. And then you can literally tell that God's presence is evident. Much more than within you. It is now upon you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. And the last thing I'm going to say is that you should give attention to the believer's gathering. There is so much the believer's gathering will do to you. I tell you. There is so much the believer's gathering will do to you. The believer's gathering is the highest gathering in God's sight. Anywhere in the world, wherever believers are gathered, God's power is evident. God finds expression amongst them. It is the gathering of God's superman. A gathering where the things of the spirit are in high display and in high demonstration. Find yourself a good believer's gathering. 
that gives attention, pays attention to the things of the spirit, pays attention to worship, pays attention to God's word, pays attention to practicing the word of God. Hallelujah. There is so much that can be shared, but most importantly, ensure to always have a long time with God. Have a personal time with God, away from the noise, away from the distraction, just you and God pouring out your hearts to God and listening to him, pouring out your hearts to God and listening to him, pouring out your hearts to God and listening to him, receiving directions for the next step, the next move, the next thing to do, the next step to take in ministry, the next step to take about finances, about business, about maritals, about your job. You find direction in that secret place, that place of intimacy, that place of communion, that place of brokenness, that place of consecration. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I believe you have been so blessed. There's so much that can be shared, but I believe you have been blessed. I believe you have been blessed. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. To practice the presence of God has a lot to do with your consciousness, your full concentration, spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. I believe you have been so blessed by this episode on this podcast series. For your comments and questions, you can send a mail to imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekule is spelled E-M-A-D-E-K-U-N-L-E ministries at gmail.com. And you will be responded to. Till I come your way again with another amazing episode on this podcast series. Remember to always practice the presence of God. I am Emmanuel Adekunle. God has blessed you.